0: Ladies and gentlemen, and our friends beyond the binary, it is time, time to put your ears together for India. India. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> You'll give up your pursuit or we will fire at will. I love you. So I want you to find this girl. Can I have a baby? All praise, the all same eye. Go ahead. Make my audio drama. And engineer we have a problem. Talking to me, I'm talking to you. Don't see any other actors in this booth. You can't handle the booth! Looking at your view, Patreons. Woo to the Who. Yeah! It's episode five of Indie AF with me, Sarah Golding. Hello. And today's guest is Super Stellar in their contribution to award-winning classy audio. Awesome! And the best at what they do. The very best. So do keep up. And if you're listening to this running, run faster. If you're scrubbing something, scrub quicker. If you're bathing, soak more luxuriously. And of course, whatever you're doing, enjoy. Well... Boom! Howdy folks, I hope you have charged up with some margaritas and donuts for concentrated energy, because right now we are shooting for the stars. Well, about to talk with Apollyon making Artemis progressing editor, writer, director of Observer Pictures here on Indie AF with me, Sarah Golding. And yes, today we are so, so lucky to have the creative responsible for award-winning narrative audio fiction content, as well as some mighty groovy films and production. My grooviest of guests today is none other than the Amazing, Faith McQuinn, welcome Faith, hello! (laughs)
1: Oh my gosh, that was the greatest introduction I have ever had in my life.
0: <laughs> Hooray! I'm so excited to have that achievement. Um, Well, welcome. I am so, as I said, previous to the microphone switching on, so excited to speak to you. I think you're one of my favorite creatives on the, the space with all of the groovy things that you're up to. So uh, yeah, welcome. I, I hope your life at the moment is ticking along beautifully, right? <laughs> yes,
1: yes. And thank you for having me. I'm really excited.
0: Ah, oh, well, it's groovy. And I wonder if we can just first touch on the fact that, you know, you and I are both parents, which is kind of difficult in the most difficult of ways uh, every day, right, in some capacity. And I (laughs) I wonder if you can give any top tips to creatives listening, how to perhaps... Do the best at balancing that creative, perhaps teaching and family life with uh, with the world. What top what, what tips have you got for for surviving every day? Oh my gosh! Um, get your kids involved in it. That seemed
1: to mm. help a lot with them not busting into my office when I'm recording. <laughs> <laughs> is that um, I I understand that my podcast might not be the most appropriate things for 11-year-olds to listen to, but I do let them listen to the shows so they know what I'm doing and they mm-hmm. have an idea of what's going on when I'm sitting in my office for hours on end, staring at audition <laughs> <and> <laughs> recording, but, you know, getting them involved in... Making sure they know that what I'm doing is something I enjoy doing seems to mm-hmm. help a lot with when I need to step away and work and they're not like, what are you doing in your office all day?
0: <laughs> Can you get them behind a mic? Have you done that? Oh yes,
1: um, yeah, <gasps> they, uh, they have shown up in, both of them were in Margaritas and Donuts. Yes, yes. Um, and um, my daughter, Danny is going to appear or has already appeared in Apollyon. She was in the first episode and she's going to show up again later playing a different role. So
0: so exciting. I, I tried to record my son this week for something someone else wanted and he could not keep still. And <laughs> and he's 12, right? So just trying to explain the thing that you can't touch the mic or, or the, the walls of the booth or just anything. And it was a very difficult concept.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. That's definitely like trying to talk them through. And I end up having to read lines to them, which is very funny because they yes. can't seem to look at a line. <laughs> and process it and then say it it never comes out right so i just yes. repeat lines back and forth to them
0: yes yeah. same say that's what i ended up doing so they go top we've given you loads of top tips today how to work with kids kids yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah what what are you working on now what projects are making you truly happy
1: uh well i am i am neck deep in a poly in post-production right now amazing i've I'm doing dialogue edits and then sending those right over to Joshua Sui, my sound designer, mm. and he is doing his magnificent work. Yes. And then Katie Seaton ah. is uh, my music supervisor. Oh, we love
0: Katie here so on India. she yes. is
1: picking out our music. Brilliant. She did compose our original theme, which is spectacular and I love it, um, but she's, she's working with a music library to do all the other music and she's doing a spectacular job at that too
0: I just love my crew Huzzahs for our musicians yes, yes. and and jo- Joshua yeah I, I I think worked with you on on boom too right so yes has yes. Joshua been with you from the beginning
1: yes he's done oh gosh I guess yeah 2017 when we started boom he's been doing that and he did two of the short films i have done Amazing. and yeah he's pretty much he's my ride or die sound designer
0: oh, <laughs> see we all need one of those don't we under our wing yes. and in our in our uh, buy them around in the pub wheelhouse, right? Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. So, how did that creative relationship flourish? Where did you find each other? <laughs> okay. So, this is
1: the funniest thing ever because I actually cannot remember how it all started. Like, I still can't. I've been. I. I he's going to be in town this week, so we're going to talk about it because I'm going to figure it out. But I do remember <laughs> that when we were shooting or recording, boom, we were doing the first season recordings, we were in studio and I needed someone to help with Foley. Mm -hmm. So he showed up and he also was like, I'm going to do your sound design and I want to be there for Foley. And I'm like, great, but I have no idea
0: how we met.
1: Before that, like I can't remember at all if there were emails, if he like responded to an ad, seriously. Um. It's
0: like a fairy godmother has waved a wand and yeah. they've appeared.
1: I, I just remember him showing up and I remember him being really cool and we all clicked and then it worked out and yay. Have
0: you ever seen him after midnight? That's a good question to ask, isn't
1: it? <laughs> <laughs> he's a gremlin.
0: Turns into some kind of (laughs) microphone after midnight, you know. (laughs) No, that's very exciting. Well, yeah, today we are focusing actually mostly on Boom as one of the full products, I guess, that you've put out into the world. And uh, just to give folks a slice of how amazingly, efficiently really, you've got this whole amazing story together. So firstly, why did you want to tell Boom as a story through audio fiction? Because I know you have a passion for film Um, Well,
1: it it all, um, I've said this many times before, but it came down to money. Mm -hmm. A production like Boom, if you have listened to it, would have been extremely expensive to (laughs) make as a film or as a web series. It was just too many locations and too many explosions to (laughs) make it something that I could do on film. And um, after getting into audio drama again, because I listened to it when I was a kid, but getting into it again, realizing that maybe this is where it could live. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually really happy it lived there because when it was in its film form, I didn't explore the characters as much as I ended up doing right.
0: mm. as
1: the podcast. So it was great to like really get into these characters and get to play with them more That's for four seasons
0: exciting and as far as how that idea from its very nub of the thought of making it to the writing it and casting it and so on how how did this idea formulate in the first place what was the the passion driving it to be written
1: oh strangely so when I was in college we were I I have a degree in film and um we were you know we have assignments to make short films so I'd come up with this idea of this group of friends who um, had always like been I guess daredevils Mm -hmm. and they were always like pushing each other to do crazier, crazier things and then one character who happens to be Luke was the one who pushed and said hey, um, I have this thing, I've, I've put this bomb in our old school and you have to go and defuse it and the whole idea was that everybody else thinks it's a fake bomb right but it's actually a real one. Mm-hmm. So this was the short film, and then boom, kind of expanded out of that. yeah
0: Okay. And and how uh, did you progress to actually writing that from the very germination of idea? What was your process? Do you uh, a five o'clock in the morning get up and do things, or you know, <gasps> what? What is your <laughs> writing prowess?
1: I, I do a lot of uh, character development first. Mm-hmm. Um, I from early on in writing I've always been about characters even though I'm really all interested in gimmicks sometimes you know like a bomb in a school that's a big gimmick but I was more interested in trying to figure out how the characters would relate to a story like this so I always before I write anything I try to come up with people that I would be interested in knowing more about so I end up creating characters and building backstories and doing all this and then put them in the situations that I've come up with. And then because I know these people, they're people now, instead of just names on a page, mm-hmm. it's easier for me to write for them and how they would react to each other and the situations that I put them in.
0: Okay, so this is copious notes on potential relationships, is it? And how they relate yeah. to each other and yeah.
1: Yeah, and the, like the the way they grew up and their, their family background, their family dynamic, where they lived, what they their belief systems, all of that. I I put all of that on the page. And sometimes I give all of that to the actors if I feel like they need it all. Yes. Um, Sometimes I give them a shorter version. Right. (laughs) And they help me develop even more what the characters are going to be. But yeah, yeah, usually I have a very good idea of how my characters lived before you see them. Or hear them
0: how exciting so a lot of research has gone into that mm-hmm. and uh, with regards to sort of fleshing them out what are your influences to help you build those characters kind of biographies if you like do you go to specific um, storylines and or li- on a library search do you binge watch stuff or how do you flesh out
1: all, all of the above a lot of it um, <laughs> Some time I'm really influenced by the people I know I'm yeah. not going to say that I mean for those who've listened to Boom I do not know People like some of the characters in that story, okay. <laughs> um, but they are very loosely yeah. based on people I um, went to high school with. Very, very loosely, <laughs> like they were influenced mm-hmm. by because the high school they went to, I pictured is my high school. Okay, yeah. So, so that kind of idea of like being outdoor, naturey type people who like to go hiking and biking and doing all that kind of thing are definitely people I went to high school with. So I do, I do pull from my life and try to build around that, mm. and then start to expand on what kind of character I want them to be. I kind of find a person that I knew, take a few of their characteristics, and then Build a
0: character from there. Play, <laughs> yeah, exciting. And as far as sort of uh, extending the out beyond uh, that first season, how much have you planned out of the story? Did you expect there to be four seasons, as there is so far?
1: Oh <laughs> uh, no, no. In, uh, when I sat down to do Boom, I really in my head thought it was going to be two seasons, mm. and that's still one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't plan out how long it would be. So season one. If I were to go back and do it again which I'm definitely not <laughs> but if I uh-huh. were to go back and do it again mm. the story of season one would have been two seasons okay like I would have expanded it and slowed down and really like worked with the story more but yeah I thought it was going to be two seasons but then people liked it yay and um, my cast and crew enjoyed doing it so yes. I'm like let's keep doing it let's keep making it <laughs> I always knew where it was going to end so the mm-hmm. the ending is the ending that was always going to happen it was right. just I expanded the story in the middle
0: exciting and uh, yeah and and when did you know then it was finished like because you had that end goal all along or did that change and morph in any way as you were writing more seasons?
1: Um, probably halfway through season three, writing season three, hmm. I felt like, okay, I think there's another season here. Okay. And then I thought maybe I could go to five, but the more I thought about it, I was like, no, I think I think this is it. I think it ends at four.
0: Other fish to fry, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exciting. So, so, so you've got the whole nub of this glorious story kind of planned out for its first season. What were your next steps to getting it made? was it casting next or did you plan a team around you what, what were your next steps once you knew kind of where it was headed
1: <laughs> funny enough this just this came up in my facebook memories thanks facebook Aww. for letting me never it's good for me.
0: something right <laughs>
1: uh, uh, I, I put a post up saying hey i think i'm gonna make my first podcast anybody interested in helping mm-hmm. and it was just me just finding because i'm because i am in film and there's a i have film friends mm-hmm. in nashville it became a whole lot of just find people who know how to do that brilliant yep. and let's move into something without cameras
0: mm-hmm. and
1: yeah so it just it started to build from there of me finding people who wanted to work on it yeah and then i think i kind of found crew and cast at the same time we did right. we did hold auditions but if there was anybody who was like yeah i'd love to be a part of it yeah i would send them the sides and start working from there um Wendy Keeling who plays Detective Haley was the only person who I specifically wrote a part for
0: oh wow because I
1: knew I wanted to work with her we'd been friends for years and hadn't really worked on anything and I was like you know what I'm gonna write a part for her she didn't know that I didn't tell her um she actually auditioned right (laughs) even though I was like
0: I'm already doing but I'm not gonna tell you (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's a voice actor's dream, isn't it? It's having someone write <laughs> stuff kind of for them—that's brilliant. And uh, yeah, I mean, your cast is absolutely stellar. And I wonder if we can talk about that yeah. sort of casting process a bit further. So, so when you say you put it out there, where did you ping out your casting calls to? Where would you still utilize that same method now?
1: <laughs> um, I, I did. I, I did Facebook posts. Some social media stuff. I really wasn't into Twitter when I started this whole thing. Right. Um, so it didn't end up there. But I did Facebook. I did a lot of um, calling around to schools because I, I knew really I wanted brilliant. Mm. Vo- voices, younger voices, because they're in their mid to yeah. late 20s. So um, theater programs at universities nearby, I mm. was sending uh, messages to their department heads and asking about that. And to any um, acting schools that were nearby, trying to figure that out. And so I got a lot of, there was some from social media for sure, but a lot of the people who auditioned came from me asking universities and um, asking acting schools.
0: That's These so proactive people. of you, yeah, and and great to get some return on that, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I suppose with those folks as well, they perhaps weren't set up with microphones and so on at home. So were they just sending you stuff in on phones and stuff for auditions? Yes,
1: I got a lot of video auditions or just phone recordings. There were some professional ones in there for sure, but yeah. a lot of them were, you know, simple. And I knew that we were going to be in studio.
0: Mm-hmm. Which so you was... knew the quality would be, yeah, yeah. from hmm, consistent. Brilliant.
1: And probably the smartest thing I ever did is when I did put up the auditions, I said, you must be available. Uh-huh on this date, which was our rehearsal day, and this date, which was the recording day. So I didn't have to worry about scheduling people. I said, you cannot oh. audition if you're not available on these dates. So
0: that's all upfront, yeah, great. Right, <laughs> and
1: I haven't done that since, and I'm so bad at myself, I should still do that. <laughs> I should be like, don't audition unless you're available yes.
0: on this <laughs> Well, yes, and I think having that studio in place, because you work at uh, university, don't you, for- uh, your, I did, I did at the time, at that. You, okay. I, I don't anymore. Yes, mm-hmm. and so we, you were able to utilize facilities in that space is that what you ended up using yes, yeah yes. brilliant brilliant and uh i mean as far as callbacks are concerned did you have a kind of big spreadsheet and went through and listened to folks for voice matching what was your process in in finally getting the cast you wanted for that initial season
1: um i always start at um the the number one on the call sheet which is totally a film term mm-hmm. um, uh, when you make call sheets for films, you have your actors listed. And usually the lead person is the first person on the call sheet. Yeah. So they're number one. Mm-hmm. And I always start at the top. So I, the most important person in the cast is your lead. So I always start by casting the lead first. Mm-hmm. So we do callbacks and then I find the person that I want. Or I find the two people that I want. And then I start finding voices that go with that person. Right. Mm-hmm. So I usually cast from the top mm-hmm. down.
0: Mm-hmm. So and pleasant. um
1: if they're smaller roles I'm pretty much like I like your voice we're going with you and I don't usually do callbacks but for the larger the lead parts I do callbacks and it's usually only one time around where I can pretty much go yes I love these people hmm. give them more sides to read and then
0: go super and, and was it just you listening to these auditions and deciding
1: Um, for Boom yes the first season of Boom it was me and I had um, a casting assistant and she helped me out a little bit but final decisions okay, that was me
0: whoops, hey what? what did you say? Enjoy your audio pictures of the day, Hi. <laughs> hello, hello! I'm Chloe, and I work on The Secret of St Kilda. This week,
1: and let's be honest, every week, I highly recommend you listen to The Amelia Project, Omen, Skyjacks, Malevolent, and Jar of Rebuke. And an extra special thank you to Indie AF for giving people this amazing opportunity to support each other. If you'd like to check out The Seeker of St Kilda, a new supernatural thriller, you can find us everywhere at The Kilda. And whatever time of day it is for
0: you, listener, I hope you're having a good one. Whoops! <laughs> what did we do? We shared Pod AF highlights with you! Oi! So I guess once you have that glorious group of folks in position, uh, you say you had at least one rehearsal time with them. And was that yes. just for the whole season, kind of boom in one go? <laughs> or did you have uh, kind of weekly rehearsal of sessions for each episode? How did you work it?
1: We did the whole season and it was just it was. It was a threefold process to do every re- to do the rehearsal. I wanted to see the timing of the episodes. Mm-hmm. I needed to hear them to see if I needed to add anything to the scripts, if something wasn't landing right or if something didn't go right. I wanted everybody to meet before we were in studio together to record because a lot of boom, especially in the first season, is heavy. There's a lot of emotional back and forth so i didn't want it to be like hi i'm gonna do this very emotional scene with this stranger right. Lovely. <laughs> so i wanted everybody to be in a room together and really get care to about your other.
0: actors that's yeah. that's super <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <I try. laughs> so how long did that whole rehearsal period take was it like a whole day of a weekend or <laughs> how did you work it
1: yeah i think i think we did a whole i think we made an evening mm. of it I think we were there a few hours and talked and chatted, had some snacks.
0: Nice. Yes, feed your actors. Um, We
1: did photos. We did photos that day, I think. Publicity. Or we did photos on the shoot. I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I even had promo photos, so superb. there was definitely upsides to local recording.
0: Yeah, superb. That sounds grand. And and as far as sort of being in that space to record, uh, you have your director's hat on too then, yes? Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, with regards to how that worked out, how, so what kind of setup in the space did you have? Could everyone see each other? Are they in a line? What kind of organization have you? Um,
1: during the rehearsal, we were all just sitting around in a big circle. Mm-hmm. And talking about when we were recording, the the recording booth was small and not not big enough for my entire cast. Um, so it was like two or three on mic at a time. Right. So I am in the room. I actually have some pictures of me sitting in the back of the room. And so they're on mic in the front. And so it was a very cozy situation when we were recording. Yeah. And the way we scheduled it, it was that most of the people who had to record were there. So they were on the outer room, but could see in right to the recording booth because of the window but yeah it was and we did all one mic the first season so everybody is just in the space talking to each other we didn't do separate tracks
0: right grand that's that's quite exciting so yeah it makes uh, the editing quite fun for
1: (laughs) for Joshua to get stuck
0: in (laughs) brilliant and I mean regards to how you directed in that space can you talk us through how you worked with the script itself had you split it up in certain ways how many takes did you do of each thing. How did you work it? Um, we
1: we at least did two takes. Even if I loved the first take, I always make jokes. I don't know if any of my actors realize it, but I always talk about myself as if I'm two people. Okay. <laughs> um, it's director me and um editor me mm-hmm. that's what i do for a living my day job is as a video editor so i always think in editor terms and i'm always trying to yeah. not edit while i am listening to things right so um director me can get very excited and love a take and think it's beautiful and think the performances were amazing but editor me has <sighs> to remember that if i didn't that director me was happy and excited and may not have caught something. Mm. So um, I'm always reminding myself that I need at least two takes and I need at least some different emotional resonance on that second take if I really loved that first one. And mm. so we don't we don't ever do it the same way twice. Okay. Mm. So it's like I, I ask for a thing. And if I'm not getting it, I will work with an actor to get the thing. And I am not a line reader. I totally am against a director who reads lines to people.
0: Right. should sure. not stand
1: that. Yeah. But it goes back to me writing those biographies. And if I feel like the actor isn't getting it, I will refer back to how I think the character would be going into the scene. So right. if it's like, okay, the example I'm going to use is from Apollyon since we just did it. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, the character Gabriel has a lot of abandonment issues in his life.
0: Think... Um, yes.
1: There's a whole backstory that's only touched on in this first season of him being abandoned by his parents, Mm -hmm. or he thinks being abandoned by his parents and being abandoned by the mother of his child and all of this stuff. So there's a certain scene where something happens. James, the actor who plays Gabriel, wasn't quite getting it. And I was like, I have to remind you that Gabriel feels like this is just one more abandonment. Mm he's being left again. And then all of a sudden he got it. Okay. So it wasn't really me talking about how he was delivering the line. It was more about talking to my actors about how they're supposed to feel.
0: Intentions. And in so. the scene, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: The intention behind the lines, yes. Yeah.
0: definitely brilliant. And I, I mean, I think I'd love to explore that a bit further in future episodes of Indie and perhaps even, you know, utilize some some live recordings of folks uh, acting their directing role. Uh, <laughs> so we can, yeah, just really share some of... Of, uh, good practice and so if that's you and you'd like to come on an indie AF in the future and you don't mind being recorded uh, in, in action as a director let me know hit me up on quirkyvoices at gmail.com and we'll have faithful along too uh,
1: <laughs> and but there's a lot of discussion like especially with mm. actors that I've worked with before we go back and forth and how like I say this is how I think the character would feel and if they've been pay- playing the character for a while especially with Boom when we were four seasons in yes yeah. a lot of these actors were like I think this is how this scene would go I feel oh. like this how
0: yeah it's a luxury when you have that ownership isn't it I think mm, and and also a relationship with the director where you feel you can chat things through right because that's invaluable too
1: (laughs) yes I'm big on that I want my actors to talk to me I was
0: going to say on that how do you encourage that safe environment to do so you know how do you make yourself uh, available to to have that relationship
1: I always ask them questions if it is the first time I've been working with somebody I always after we do a take and Okay. So to start, I don't give direction on the first take. Mm -hmm. I hope it's on the page. I hope they get what's on the page and I will tell them that. I said, I want you to interpret the scene as you see it, as you see it on the page. Um, And we'll discuss after that if there's anything else. So I feel like just giving them the option to just go for it the way that they think they need the character would be. Mm -hmm. is a good place to start yes and then after that i give my feedback and then ask them if there's anything that they were feeling in the scene or any changes they want to make so i'm always open to their opinion and i make sure that i they know that i want it okay now in the end sometimes i just don't agree (laughs) (laughs) and it is my choice It i'm like nope that's not how i want the scene we're gonna do it this way (laughs) but sometimes to make sure that i get that I give them the option to do it the way they want to do it first. Because maybe I will get something great out of it.
0: Yeah. yeah, Actors can surprise folks, can't they, sometimes with uh, with
1: takes? (laughs) Constantly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant, brilliant. And so, yeah, so that uh, whole session of recording, how many hours did you spend in the studio actually with that first cohort? Do you know?
1: Uh, The first season um we did two days oh. first day was about eight hours second day was about five
0: mm-hmm. okay it's quite intense and period of recording yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah
1: and we do full seasons when we go in to record we do full seasons and then we did another we did another one when i um because i inevitably write more yeah. <laughs> and i wrote extra scenes and so they came back and we did another like few hours mm-hmm. but i think the most intense recording we did was um season Three. Uh-huh. I think it was three. Um, Garrett, who played Porter, um, was only available one day. Okay. And when you have the lead in 10 episodes, it's hard. Ouch. Um, <laughs> we recorded for nearly 14 hours. Wow. Day. Okay. It was it was a long
0: day. Yeah. And how, and how did you take care of each other? What are your top tips for a long recording session, for keeping um, everyone going? I th-
1: This is probably where the parent thing comes in <laughs> handy. Um, <laughs> I've had cast and crew laugh at me that I... I treat my cast and crew like they're my kids and Aww. I bring snacks yeah. so there are there's fruit <laughs> and goldfish crackers and juice and, <laughs> and plenty of water. Is good
0: um, at lollipop, yes?
1: <laughs> yes, and uh, my producer is very good about scheduling people so they're not pushing for very long. So even though we recorded for 14 hours, Garrett had a good two hours of downtime and he took a nap. Yeah, great. So um, we recorded all the scenes he wasn't in so he could rest and take a nap Mm -hmm. and eat. And yeah, I bring in breakfast and lunch and dinner if that's how long we are going. So everybody eats, everybody, yeah.
0: Around. and i
1: treat it like a film set so
0: love it love it and yeah. and you mentioned your producer there um uh, who who else did you have around you to to make those days work and and how did you find them how did you nurture them to help <laughs> uh, well amanda
1: is my producer and has been my producer um since uh probably the second film we did mm. together um She was one of my students.
0: Ah, lovely.
1: Yeah, she was a film student for the longest time, and she had gotten into producing, and she had been working on producing other films, and she did crew work on my early stuff, and so we just started uh this relationship and it turned into her being an excellent partner yay
0: she had a good teacher right
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'd like to think so (laughs) but yeah but she yeah she and i work together really well and um she's amazing at scheduling people and amazing at um being a cheerleader all the time
0: that's those are both good qualities scheduling and cheerleading for producers yes yes. yes. and and putting snacks in your mouth too right because i bet you forgot to look after yourself
1: <laughs> and she and she's a creative on in her own right and mm. does great work and has made some amazing scripts and stuff like that, so yeah
0: super brilliant. So you've got the the, the recording down. What happens next? Where, where does it go? How does it work? what uh, input have you got into the next steps? So I do the dialogue edits. Um, so that I can get the timing yeah
1: so it's really just me sitting down listening to the takes and making sure that the timing is all there and where I want spaces and where I want this and Mm. I drop in a little bit of sound effects and all that and then send it to Josh right and then Josh does all of the magic and adding all of the beautiful environment sounds and all of the foley and everything and yeah the then, yeah, yeah, we go back and forth on that And then music happens And mm-hmm. um, Brian Irwin, who also voiced Luke In Boo, yes, did um, talented our soul.
0: music Yeah,
1: brilliant. Uh, He was the composer, so that was great oh. And um, you talk to him about what kind of music I wanted And he would turn around and write something real quick And send it Yeah, brilliant yeah, and then a- and then we have a show. Huzzah!
0: That's the thing as well, like with, with regards to fleshing out the world of Boom, what kind of signals and signs and kind of atmospheres did you want to send out into the world with regards to its kind of signature feel, if you like?
1: I was, because, of, because the people in the show were very big into nature and environment, I was very particular about that sound. And it taking place in Nashville, where I live. Yeah. Um, a lot of the sounds you hear are Nashville sounds. So, Brilliant.
0: What beautiful birds you have then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there are full scenes where they are walking outside and yeah. having conversations like going to the park or going to a greenway or going biking. Yep. And I'm like. I could just go get regular sounds, or I could take my microphone and I could go to the greenway that I wanted them to walk on and yeah. I could walk it. Brilliant. So I did a lot of that, of just walking the greenway.
0: So it's your own random footsteps random layered into mm-hmm. the piece. Excited. Oh, the footsteps. The footsteps. So footsteps. This is it. Everyone who does editing is now putting their heads in their hands saying footsteps over and over again until they fall asleep. Oh, it's the worst. From trauma.
1: Footsteps and doors. I hate footsteps and <laughs> doors. <laughs>
0: Deep breathe, everyone, deep breathe. Uh, (laughs) Do you have any secret uh, sources for footsteps or were they all fully real life created? Um, Some
1: of them are not Mm. because just couldn't get them. But um, my sound recordist from the first season did a whole lot of walking around his neighborhood. So we had street walking and gravel walking and deck and grass. Mm. And I actually used some of those, which... I swear it gets very particular (laughs) and that most people aren't hearing it, but if I had someone pull over on the side of the road and they get out of the car, the first steps would be into the gravel that's on the side of the road Yes, and then they walk around the car and get into the asphalt. So I would be particular about how many footsteps it takes you to be in the gravel on the side of the road before Mm -hmm. you would hear the asphalt.
0: Love it. Love that attention to detail. I know
1: that no one, no one. (laughs) No one, baby.
0: I don't know I listen more intently these days I, I must say and I do feel I appreciate that level of detail I really do so good on you for doing it Cause, yeah. <laughs> so there are I I know there are more people than just me and you who like that kind of thing so keep going with that <laughs>
1: right and and I would and I honestly have no idea how much Josh uses it because um, we haven't really had a conversation with it but I will send him I used to send him pictures of what I thought Locations look like. Right. Like, this is Luke's house. So, this is what it sounds like in his house. This is the car he drives. This is. reporter's apartment so this is what it looks
0: like fab yeah there's visual aids to help like immerse in that soundscape i Mm -hmm. love that love that and yeah and and your your podcasts all of them actually you know they're all quite on the move aren't they there's sort of not a lot of static there's always something right right i get get
1: bored when people talk in one location for a long time so i try to get people up and moving around (laughs) and sometimes i have to remember it was like not everybody walks and talks all of the time
0: yeah true (laughs) How dare they? But yeah, no, I, I, I think that's what uh, some of the lure of it as well, and as a as a piece of audio fiction to listen to, why it's so fun because of the kind of soundscapes and the different places that we go to quite quickly. Um, And I wonder if we can visit some of the clips from your wonderful show. uh, Now we'll have a look at two shows actually. We'll have a look a little bit, little bit at Boom, and then a little bit at Eleventh Hour to the Moon and Back. Um, So I wonder, let's look at uh, Eleventh. Eleventh Hour first, just because it's a slight anom- anomaly from uh, where we have been going so far, uh, and that's about to 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 kick in. People, right now it's October while we're chatting. People are uh, voraciously trying to get edits and actors herded into uh, different studios to make. And uh, how did you get involved in the Eleventh Hour fun, um, fronted by the wonderful Matthew Boudreau and the Eleventh Hour team?
1: Oh, my gosh, I don't even remember how it started. I, I think that Matthew and Monique um, were fans of Boom mm-hmm. and contacted me about doing this. And I was like, oh, this sounds fun. <laughs> I totally want to do this. Yes. And um, Austin Beach, who happens to live in Kentucky, Aww. which is just a state over for me. love Austin. Um, He's like, you can come to my house and we'll record a thing. Aww. So I got in my car before dawn yep. and, and drove the... Th- Four hours. Oh, gosh. So <laughs> his place and no we recorded.
0: <laughs> then. Wow. I, I hope you were welcomed with breakfast and good coffee. Uh, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, no. No, 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 no. Surely not. No, it's not the end of episode five already. No. Oh, my, Mr. Podman, please deliver another podcast episode of India after me as soon as you can. I hear you write in an imaginary letter. In the next 24 hours, you say? Well, it'll be available in in most podcatchers. And if it's not, just tell me and I'll try and get it there, hooray! Do join me for part two of this wonderful interview wherein Faith says things like this.
1: If you are going to make money on something, pay those people, even if it's a little bit, pay them. But if nobody is making money, understand that they have to work around whatever schedule. so yes. <gasps>
0: And follows up with amazing information like this.
1: Embrace it so much. There are some amazing shows that I love that I feel like move too fast because they don't let silence happen. And not even just silence, because silence is good. And I have I have moments that I have added to Apollyon where we have 10 seconds of no one talking. <laughs> Like it's just because they're trying to process a moment and if you think about in real life if you were sitting with someone that you're comfortable with and you're having a conversation, the two of you can just sit silently
0: and it's okay. So do not miss it and feel free to ping me your top five recommendations of the week via the Anchor app on anchor.fm forward slash message or a ping. Feel free to ping me an MP3 on a link to quirkyvoices at gmail.com, which incidentally is also where you can ping me your thoughts on what topics or guests might be useful for future episodes. Yes, I'd love, I'd love, I honestly would love to know what would help you make better audio fiction. Happy creating all, and let's tap more in the AF soon! Onwards!